What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good evening. Good night. Hell, don't matter what time it is. It's always beer clock on my watch. My name is Cuauhtémoc Núñez and this is El Tejano Down Under. What's going on, everybody? We're back here for another episode of El Tejano Down Under. And I just, I feel like it's been forever since I did a podcast, but it's only been a week. But at the same time, just, it feels like days are going by super quick, too. And it's like, this time is just flying by, man, I swear. I hope y'all been well, looking after yourself. Hope y'all been listening to my last two podcasts. I had my my two guests. I had Paula and then I had my cousin Isai. And if y'all ain't listened to them yet, go listen to them. Y'all gotta listen to them to help support the podcast. But anyway, guys, today I wanted to talk about my journey into music and how I got into music and how my journey began. So my whole life I've been listening to music. And I'm a musician myself. I play guitar. Hell, I play whatever the hell I can get my hands on, to be honest. And it wasn't always, it wasn't just one day I said, oh, I want to I wanna do this. Or, oh, I want to play that. It was more of a buildup, in a sense. I don't know. I don't even know where my family gets the musical genes from. Because my dad plays guitar. But other than that, I don't know who else... In our in my extended family, who else plays guitar or any other instruments? Not that I'm aware of, at least. I know my cousin plays, but I'm saying like further back, like my grandparents or my great-grandparents or whatever. I remember growing up and my dad, he always played guitar for church and everything. And he always sort of, he, didn't, he never pushed the guitar onto me. It was always something that I, I really liked. And from a young age, I always liked music, and I was very curious about it. Yeah, I think it was about in the fourth grade, I got my first MP3 player. I remember I saved up all that money that my grandma gave me. Literally, that that weekend, we went to Toys R Us, back when it was still around, at least. And I said, I'm going to go in there. And I'm going to buy this MP3 player. And this was the, I think this had to have been, oh, I don't even know what year it was. Uh, maybe 2000, 2000 something. Early 2000s. We had a desktop computer at the house. And this was still in the time of LimeWire. And my dad had all kinds of music uh, downloaded from LimeWire. So I'm surprised that computer didn't even get a virus. Because that computer is still alive today at my grandma's house. So yeah, so my dad always listened to all kinds of 80s uh, metal and hard rock and sort of the old school rock and all that stuff. 
And so naturally, I picked up on it. I just sort of grew to like it. And when my time came, I remember wanting to play guitar. But even before that, I had my little MP3 player loaded up with all kinds of uh, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Beastie Boys. Yeah, I even, uh, in that sort of 80s rap, 80s hip-hop, for the uh, music elitist out there, 80s hip-hop. Yeah, I had all kinds of music up on that little MP3 player. And I don't know what happened to it. Or, let me see. Yeah, actually, this is actually kind of a sad story because that same year when I got it, there was a kid in my fourth grade class. I still remember his name. His name was Vincent. And he was one of those kids that always got up, uh, caused all kinds of trouble and whatnot. I think one day he asked me if, if he could borrow it. And me being a nice kid and all, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Just just bring it back after the weekend. And my dumbass, man, I should have just seen it coming, you know. Next thing I know, he, we go back to school after the weekend. And that Monday, I asked for it back. He's like, nah, man, I forgot it at home. And he kept saying he forgot it at home. Eventually, I forgot about it. Even to this day, I still think about that MP3 player, man. It just crosses my mind every once in a while. And I, I think I told my parents that I lost it. But I know damn well that motherfucker, he, he took it. <laughs> and it still haunts me to this day. To this day. But anyway, I ended up getting a better MP3 player anyway. It was, this, this one was like a little, it was basically like a USB drive. And it had a tiniest little LCD screen. It wasn't even, uh, what you call it? It wasn't even like a screen with pictures. It was literally like a numbers. It was like those, uh, what are those, 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 uh, what you call them? It was like a label maker, basically. Like that was the print. Told you the name of the song and the number of songs you had on the thing. And I think it had to be in like two gigabytes of storage, I think. And it was just some little, little piece of crap, basically. And anyway, so later on, I ended up getting a new MP3 player. This, this one was really good when it was a Philips MP3 player. And it had the, the pictures. So it had room for the album art and all that stuff. And I remember loading it all up with uh, with Metallica. Because at that time, Metallica and the Zeppelin and Black Sabbath were all my favorite bands. I think at that point, I had to have been at least 12 or 13. Because I started playing guitar when I was 12. I think. Somewhere around 11, 12-ish. My dad bought me a little acoustic guitar. They wanted me to play it or to practice the songs from church. Honestly, that, that that's not what I wanted to do, man. I wanted to shred. I wanted to shred like crazy. I said, man, give me that. I wanted an electric guitar. But that came further along. You know, I ended up learning the sort of basics, I guess, um, of guitar. Even to this day, I still haven't taken any like proper, proper lessons. But I've. I don't know. I just play by feel, man. I just, I just play and it, whatever comes out, if it sounds good, shit, that's, that's what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, I got my electric guitar. And at that point, I was listening to all kinds of music. I think the main stuff that I listened to was, like I said, it was Metallica, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all those old school 80s and 70s rock bands or metal, thrash metal 
and psychedelic rock, basically. And that was like my jams, you know what I'm saying? And basically from there, it progressed on, you know, when you're an angry uh, teenager, you want the heavy music, you want that heavy shit. And so I ended up discovering death metal and oh shit, that was some crazy music. And um, anyway, I got in trouble for listening to death metal with my parents with my parents because they um they looked through my um what you call it my little mp3 player just to see the songs i was listening to and come on if you got a crazy song what called hammer smash face on your mp3 player and your parents are looking at it like what the hell and as a 14 year old you know like or 13 year old whatever you know hell i wouldn't if i had a 13 year old i wouldn't want that that i wouldn't want my kid listening to all these gruesome and gory songs, you know, like they're screaming and shit. And so, so I sort of dropped the death metal a little bit. I still listen to it occasionally, but not as much as I used to listen to it before. I sort of progressed on to the roots of rock music, which is blues. I ended up uh, listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan. B.B. Uh, King, Albert King, uh, Muddy Waters, all the big blues guys, basically. And I sort of felt, or at that point, it was more, I was trying to get technical with the guitar. And I was trying to learn a bit more than than metal riffs. Because metal riffs were cool and all, but you know, I wanted some some foundation. And my problem was, as a as a young young guitarist, was that I didn't have a foundation, and I wasn't learning songs from start to finish. I was basically just learning riffs, all the cool parts of the song, basically. <laughs> and so that really set me up to fail in the long run. Really, uh, even to this day, I still can't learn like full songs. And I just learned like the riffs and the cool parts, unless it's like uh, uh, what you call it, like a country song or something like that, or Willie Nelson. I learned his songs, but that comes further on. And anyway, yeah. So I started listening to different kinds of music, venturing off the metal. But literally in middle school, high school, shit, I was a metalhead, metalhead like crazy. I had my Metallica band shirts, everything. I tried to try to get some battle boots, but I said, nah, those don't really suit me. Try to get a, a, a war jacket or the metal vest with the um, with the patches and everything. But I never got around to it. And um, what's it called? They say, oh, it's not a phase. It's like, yeah, it's not really a phase, but I just enjoyed the music. I wasn't getting too technical with it yet. And thinking about like sort of the rules and music theory and all that. Um, but yeah, and then I started to venture off into more jazzy, guitar y stuff. And that was an interesting step too, learning all that sort of stuff. Because it's very super technical. And so I don't even, even to this day, I just don't bother. It sounds nice, don't get me wrong. But I just can't really get into it because it's just too much for me to comprehend. 
And I think from there, I was listening to, believe it or not, I was listening to like Indian music, like sitars. Or I think it was Indian classical music is what it's called. It was a bunch of sitars and all those drums and stuff. And so that was an interesting period too. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, shit, I used to listen to Indian classical music or classical Indian music. And I was like, nah, that, that was that was weird. Like, I had literally no business listening to that shit. It sounded good at the time, but I, I don't know. It just, it just sounded good to me. That's all. Also, there was always Mexican music going on around me growing up. And I never really particularly liked it. But it was just something that I, that I heard. And it was stuff that was, it was just known. And you really didn't either like you. You really couldn't like it or hate it because it, it was just there. And so um, when your parents would play it, my parents would play Mexican music all the time. We hear it on the radio. You know, it wasn't that I particularly uh, disliked it, but it was just there in the background. I didn't really have a, I had more of a neutral opinion on it. And I didn't really want to listen to it because at that point I was like, oh, I don't want to be seen as this Mexican kid or whatever. And it was really like, it wasn't something that I wanted to be associated with. But yeah, and so I think at that point, Pandora was really big. And for those that don't know what Pandora is, Pandora was like, it was the it was the shit, basically. I think it's still around today, but it's not available in Australia. So um, when I came to Australia, then, then I had to part ways with Pandora. And mind you, this was way before Spotify. And yeah, because I think Spotify didn't become big into about I want to say 2012-ish no it has to be later on I'm not sure but I just remember uh, Spotify wasn't around when I was trying to download all kinds of music or listen to music and I definitely didn't have any money to pay for it either oh we just had an ear for for good music basically and oh yeah and country music too living in Texas <laughs> you can't really escape it you know it's it's one of those genres I know for me in particular that I like, but at the same time, I'm not going to go around telling everybody, hey, I listen to country music. Or, you know, I'm not going to go around and be like, hey, I hear that new country song or the new whatever. Me, myself, I like old school country. I like uh, George Strait, Willie Nelson, um, Johnny Cash. Well, he's not really country, but he's in that area, singer, songwriter, country-ish, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and then coming to Australia, it really, it really opened my ear a bit more. It's strange because in Texas, like I said, I didn't want to listen to no Mexican music. It didn't appeal to me. That's the word. It didn't appeal to me when I was in Texas, when it was when I was submerged in my culture, when, and it was it was something that was in abundance. And then when I come here to Australia, I was sixteen. And all of a sudden, Mexican music sounded great over here. It was very appealing. And I was like, man, this stuff is actually pretty good. And so I ended up getting into um, Norteñas, Corridos, Cumbia, uh, Bachata, and like Tejano music and all that stuff. It's a strange, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's a strange phenomena, really. It's a phenomenon where when you're taken out of 
this abundance or when you're taken out of your culture and there's a lack of it where you are. For example, me, I left Houston where it was full of Mexican culture, Texas culture, American culture, whatever. And I'm in Australia where it's a bunch of Aussies and they don't know nothing about no Vicente Fernandez. You know, it sort of makes you want to know a bit more. And it makes me, it made me feel that, you know, maybe I was not in touch with my culture that I thought I was. It made me want to be more Mexican. For those of you that know me, I obviously don't look American, so to speak. You know, I'm not white. And I definitely don't have straight hair. (laughs) And so I don't really fit that American stereotype. It sort of made me want to be more Mexican, like I said. And so hearing the Mexican music, it made me feel not necessarily homesick, but it sort of made me feel that I was at home here in Australia. And, oh man, I'm getting off topic here. I came to talk about music. Uh, no, but it's important to to realize that too because cause it's stuff that goes on all the time. But yeah, so I came to Australia and then I learned about Australian music and all their sort of stuff. And I was opened up to a whole new world because going to high school here, of course, everybody listened to hip-hop and everything. And, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that I do listen to hip-hop. I listen to a lot of rap too. But I wasn't really listening to it at that time. At that point, I was listening to more uh, like old school, like um, like Beastie Boys and that sort of stuff. Not necessarily full-on hip-hop. And then coming here to Australia, I was introduced to indie music, which is very... Um, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, they say indie music. That's I don't even know how to say what it, what kind of music it is, but it's just indie. Everybody knows what indie is. Uh, and so like, I got introduced to all that kind of stuff and listening to like Mac DeMarco um, and my favorite, uh, Tame Impala. They're here from Australia and they're more alternative indie and or alternative psychedelic indie. We could put whatever titles we want on it, but really they're just they're just good musicians. Or sorry, Kevin Parker, the he's the the multi instrumentalist of Tame Impala, so he's a solo dude. He's just he makes some good music. And yeah, and then I was sort of just kept going on this little indie journey. In high school I was introduced to uh, the Grateful Dead. Now with the Grateful Dead they're this band from like the 60s, 70s. When you think about hippies, the Grateful Dead is that band that all the hippies listen to. Usually Grateful Dead fans are like old fat dudes with big old beards and scruffy hair. And they're still stuck in the 60s, basically. And so that is the fan base of the Grateful Dead, really. I don't know how I got into them, but the group of friends I was with, they loved the Grateful Dead. And I think it was all the pot they were smoking. And when I smoked pot with them, they would always pop it on and I'd be like, man, this is some good shit. 
And look, don't get me wrong, it is some good stuff, but only if you're baked. Literally, that's the only reason that the Grateful Dead would ever sound good. If you're baked, or if you're uh, freaking fried off acid or whatever. <laughs> and literally, the Grateful Dead is like Woodstock. And not not the cool Woodstock with Jimi Hendrix and Santana. It's the other side of Woodstock where it's the old dudes. And they got their old, like, big old t-shirts and shit. <laughs> and I got into them for a little while. Uh, that's when I was really experimenting a lot with the guitar. Because the guitarist, Jerry Garcia, man, he's crazy. He's a really hell of a good guitarist. But they're boring as shit, really. Honestly, I look back at them now. Like, I give them the respect they need. Or the respect that they that they deserve. But they're just super boring. <laughs> you know, it's not something that really gets you going and hyped up. Yeah, I listened to those guys for a little while. Finished high school. Out into the real world now. I was... Oh yeah, that's when I started going out to clubs and bars and stuff. Because here in Australia, the legal age to drink is 18. Compared to the 21 in the US. Which, quite frankly, shit, I was not complaining at all. Here in Melbourne in particular... There's a big techno scene. It's Australia-wide, but in particular here in Melbourne. They're, they're known for quite a few of, uh, of their clubs here, to say the least. Of course, my group of friends now, different from high school, we end up going out, not every weekend, but we go out here and there. We always went out to the techno clubs. At first, I was like, mm, I don't really like them. I would prefer to go to the hip-hop and the R&B clubs, which are pretty ratty, to be honest. And they're not really places you want to go to. <laughs> like, they're great and all, but... See, here's my problem with going out to hip-hop and R&B. It's always the same music. Literally, you're always going to hear In The Club, 50 Cent. You're always going to hear... A One Dance by Drake, to say the least. You know, those are just the the two absolute songs you're going to hear, of course. But it's always the same, regardless, no matter where you go. Like, I don't have a problem, but if you go in every weekend to an R&B club, come on. Like, I get it, but nah, not for me. Not for me, anyway. I don't know, I just found that techno was the way to go, really. Because at first, like I said, I didn't really like it. I was like, nah, I don't know about this electronic music stuff. I had never really got into electronic music myself. I was really, um, I didn't really know too much at that time. Like I said, I was still listening to my, my metal and my my blues and my jazz and my Grateful Dead. <laughs> It was a whole other genre, really. But what really got me going was, I think it was my first barber job that I had where I was an apprentice. One of the guys there, he was from he was from the UK. And, of course, techno's huge in the UK. And they would always put on, he would always put on uh, techno tracks. And from hearing it in the shop, I'd be like, hell yeah, this is some good-ass music. Like, this really gets you going. It's always different. Like, the beat's the same. 
don't get me wrong, but different variations of the same beat and different samples and whatnot. Man, techno, technically, techno technically is, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's good shit. To, to say the least, it's a great freaking genre. And I've messed around with it a little bit in my own music work. And it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Even my family, they, they probably hate it, but I love it. I love it. I pop it on every once in a while. And when I do shit, the speaker's going crazy. I got a pretty good uh, sound system here in my room. Got me a little sub in my surround system. And when I play the techno, hell, I'll crank it up. Whole house is shaking. The windows uh, are just at the point where they're going to break. And the neighbor's dog is going crazy. Luckily, on the other side, my neighbors, they're like over 70. And so they can't hear a damn thing. And my room is situated underneath my house. And so it's uh, pretty solid down here. And the sound don't travel as much. But you can still hear it if you're upstairs. So yeah, so I, that's how I picked up on the techno. And then I went out, I just kept going out to these techno clubs, and eventually it grew on me. And I sort of became a, a fanatic. Or not even a fanatic, just a techno enthusiast, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah, I still listen to a lot of techno today, and it's, and it's definitely one of my favorite genres. It's the go-to music to get pumped up, really. Nowadays, I just listen to a lot of shit. What do I listen to? Let me see. I gotta look on the Spotify now. Oh yeah, now I'm listening to a lot of uh, old school funk, old school soul. I'm sort of taking a bit of a throwback now. I'm also I I also like a lot of Latino, Latin jazz, and that sort of that sort of vibe. You know that like I like that stuff. I like a lot of that Latin jazz too, and that Latino vibey tropical type of music. Of course, I'm listening to my techno, and listen to a bit of heavy metal here and again. I'm listening to it a lot more now. Uh, slowly getting back into it, not as much as my metalhead days though. But now I'm just a lot, a lot more simpler. Listen to a lot of soul, a lot of neo soul. So like Steve Lacey or Leon Bridges, those kind of guys. Pretty much just newer R&B stuff. Nothing too fancy or anything or too technical. Honestly, as long as it's got a bit of a beat in there. Shit, I'm all for it. As long as it sounds great and has some sort of complexity to it. I don't listen to certain genres a lot. I'm more of a music lover. You know, I can appreciate every genre. That don't mean I'm going to like it, but I can appreciate the work and the craftsmanship, the talent that goes into making music. Because, hey, I'll be honest, making music, it's easy and you can do a lot, of, you can have a lot of fun with it, but it's hard. It's hard work producing music. It's hard work putting everything together and just arranging all kinds of shit. But it's fun in the end. In the end, it's really fun. And that's something that I I can say I'm passionate about. 
And I also uh, I write a bit of music myself. The song in the beginning and the end of this podcast, that's something that I wrote. And I, I did it all up on, uh, or I produced it, I should say. I produced it, and it's pretty cool. And I do stuff for, just for the hell of it. I don't do it for money or anything like that. Of course, I would love to make a living off of music, but let's be real, it's not, it's not going to be, not something that's realistic in my mind right now. One, given the situation that we're in, the whole damn pandemic and shit, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, also, I'm having too much fun cutting hair right now. Once again, I'm not I'm not at work yet because the Melbourne government, the governor, or they call them premiers here, say I can't go back to work yet. So I said, all right, fair enough. Hopefully in two weeks I can go back to work, but we'll see what the numbers say and see if the government lets me go back. But we'll see what's up. But yeah, that's basically... This is just a crash course into my music journey so far. I can talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, but I'll probably save that for another podcast to go in-depth on certain genres and everything. But that brings us to our Spanish word of the day. You know, I, I didn't realize, but last episode with my cousin, I completely blanked out and I forgot to do a Spanish word. And I was I was listening back. I said, oh, shit, I forgot. So today. I'll give you all an easy one. This one. This one will be how to say music in Spanish. Now, this one is super easy. It's literally, you're putting an A at the end of music. So, we're going to say it. The way you say it is, musica. Alright, y'all heard that? So, I'm going to say it again. Musica. Alright, so, like I said, you're just adding A to the end of music. But you say it a little, it's got a bit more of a flow the way you say it. So, instead of saying music, you say mu si so music ah so yeah it sounds got a bit more of a flow to it and I, honestly I think it sounds nicer too so yeah so I think probably wrap this up pretty soon how is everybody anyway what's going on in everybody's everybody's little bubble y'all been up too much or nothing at all let me know hit me up uh, how y'all enjoying the podcast so far? You know, like I said before, it was a little, little project that I've been doing just for the fun of it. And so far, I think it's going pretty good personally. I want to continue going on. It's good for me, for myself, because I can just let my thoughts flow and finally put them somewhere. Cause I always got 20 million thoughts going through my head and it's really hard to be honest, just talk like this, just to keep going. That's why I really enjoy the podcast so much, or recording it. Honestly, I I, I hate recording, or I hate the build-up to thinking about recording, because I know that I have to do something. And that build-up, I get a lot of anxiety, and I think, like, oh, shit, what am I going to talk about now? Or what 
is anybody even listening? Or just little things like that. And then I eventually talked myself out of it. I'm like, fuck it. Let's record this shit. Let's get this thing rolling. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I got my Instagram now for the podcast. It's at El Tejano Down Under. And follow me on Instagram. Hit me up. Let me know what you think about about the podcast. And if anybody wants to come on the podcast, like I said before in the previous episodes, just let me know and I'll make it happen. I do everything remotely right now anyway, so as long as you got a phone or a laptop, we can make it happen. Definitely go back and listen to my other podcasts with my guests. I got some really good guests uh, on my podcast so far. Very fortunate. A good mix in there. And go listen to their stories and just hear us talk shit, basically. Uh, But anyway, guys, y'all take care. And y'all be easy. This is El Tejano Down Under signing off.